Hey, Weef here. I know it's been a while, but I wanted to give a quick intro, kind of talking about what's been going on over here. Emily and I moved at the end of May, as we mentioned in the previous episode, and it took a little bit longer than we expected to get everything together. This episode, it will become pretty obvious, was recorded before that. But the important thing we wanted to address before picking up again was the wave of protests that picked up in the wake of George Floyd's murder, Breonna Taylor's murder, Ahmaud Arbery's murder, and many more by the hands of police and other white supremacists. We wanted to address it, but didn't really feel like you need to get some sort of um, racial justice lecture or lesson from two white podcasters. So instead, we figured we could point you to some other podcasts that are much, much better suited to that task. Hoodrat to Headwrap, a decolonized podcast, is hosted by two queer black folks, Erica Hart and Ebony Donnelly. It's a great podcast that will honestly not hold your hand as they dissect white supremacy in the United States. Erica and Ebony, who are partners, don't completely see eye to eye with each other either, which leads to some really, really great discussions. Their episode, DACA is Racist, gets into the question of what it means to be American, while their more recent Washing Our Hands of White Supremacy talks about what kind of problems Americans are willing to hand a checkout for while avoiding or denouncing reparations as handouts. Hella Black is hosted by Blake Simons and Delency Parham out of Oakland, California. They're organizers um, behind People's Breakfast Oakland, which helps houseless folks get food and supplies. They also obviously have a great, lot of great episodes but their recent episode featuring Left um, is especially good as they connect the police actions of today to their historical context, even to before COINTELPRO operations were officially disrupting Black communities and organizations. The Red Nation podcast, hosted by Nick Estes, mostly features discussions on Indigenous history, politics, and culture, but recently had a, an episode with Dominique Remy about black reproductive justice. Um, he also more recently had a discussion with the rapper No Name, uh, where they talked about political education. Racial injustice doesn't end with the police, but extends to the prison industrial complex as well. Um, Citations Needed by Nima Shirazi and Adam Johnson has many episodes about how the media portrays and perpetuates racial injustice. The episodes I'm including links for uh, focus on the media's portrayal of crime and defendants in criminal cases and compares that with the complete lack of oversight given to prosecutors and police in those same cases. Finally, Ear Hustle, hosted by photographer Nigel Poor, a former inmate, Erlon Woods, and an enormous uh, crew of current inmates of San Quentin Prison in California, is an incredibly personal look at the inside of prison. The last episode of the most recent season was created in the wake of state lockdowns due to COVID-19, as well as in the wake of the protests, and interviewed people kind of seeing how that affects people on the inside and those who have been recently been released as a result of the pandemic. It is not enough to just raise awareness about the way black folks and others are treated by uh, police and the state at large. It's been a few months since the protests have started, but they have not stopped. 
Uh, we'll be including a link to that same Black Lives Matter card um, that cropped up a few months ago. It is still going on, um, and it still has a fantastic array of links of places you can donate to help out victims of police violence, mutual aid funds, or uh, to the protesters who are waiting in jails in the middle of a pandemic. Protests are still going on, like I said, and hopefully won't stop without serious structural change that uh, believes, not just says, uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, yeah, you can feel free to skip the rest of the episode. All the important stuff has already been said, or can be found in the description below. Welcome to Sudoku Book Club, where we finally get around to the video games that have been sitting on your desktop for forever. I'm Leif Nelson. And I'm Emily Miner. And today, as you might have guessed from the intro, I'm talking about a video game, and that video game is Hyper Light Drifter. Uh, a game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you it, don't say. Yeah, it's a... I realized, like, oh man, I might actually have to say the genre. Um, it's a 2D, like, adventure slashing shooter, I don't know. I'm sure it has a real genre. It is not a platformer. It's kind of a platformer. Not really, no. but it's kind of a platformer. But not like a side-scrolling platformer. No, not like Hollow Knight or Mario right. or whatever. Right. Um, Hyper White Drifter was made by, um, Heart Machine. It's the developing studio. Um, pretty small title. I think it was funded on either Indie Fund or Indiegogo. I can't remember. Not a Kickstarter, whatever the case is. Um, and then it came out in like 2016. I bought it in 2017. I think it was on sale. And I bought the soundtrack edition. Ooh. Because the reason I bought it is because of the trailer, which is mostly just like the beginning intro to it, had like crazy good visuals and art and the music was very very cool uh, for some reason i thought you were gonna say like slam it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a real banger <laughs> uh yeah the music by um an artist called disaster piece is just like <laughs> like seriously really really good like um perfect uh vocalist study music if you're like me and ha can't study with music that uh or read with mu music that has vocals like it's just super super good like very synth heavy like very electronic sounding mm -hmm. i bought it i'm i can't remember how much i played of it like when i look at this the saves the old saves i have there's one that i pay played for like 20 minutes which i think is when i first started mm-hmm and I have no memory of this. Mm -hmm. I do not remember starting this game. 
and stopping to play it. And then around two-ish years ago, I started up again, uh, got a little farther, um, beat the first boss. There's like four areas in the game, like in space, which is east, north, west, south. And that's about the order you take them in. You can... Sorry. I was going to say that's the strangest order I've ever heard someone <laughs> list cardinal directions. That's the direction. East, north, west, south. Yeah. It's counterclockwise. <laughs> Eat never waffles soggy. Mmm, <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I remember enjoying the game when I started playing it like two years ago. But I also think, based on my experience finishing it in this past like two weeks or so, um, and back then, I think I know why I didn't play it. And it's because the game is extremely obtuse. There is no text. The, let me rephrase. The only text is in your menu for when you're going through settings and stuff. Okay, that doesn't count. Right. Um, <laughs> there is no text in any of the menus or the maps or oh, okay. the like people you talk to. There is nothing. And there's no voice acting either. Um like, nothing is explicitly explained to you, except in a few ways, which I'll talk about later. Um, and this is not, like, an issue. In fact, I really like how it presents a lot of the information, which is, in the few times you do talk to someone, a speech bubble appears, but it's pictures. And oh. they'll tell you a story. And it's usually only, like, one to three pictures long. Um, and... Sometimes it's super important, sometimes it's less so. Usually it's just telling you or showing you things that you're going to come across later. And, and a lot of the time, like in every area, there's someone who will tell you what the boss kind of looks like, mm -hmm. sort of. Um, and that's a cool art style, but it's also very hard to get super invested in. Like when I went back a year or two ago to play... I was willing to spend more time with it because I, I, it was it was a thing I had had for a while and I wanted to go back to it, um, so I got into it, and I was able to get through the first boss and then I hit a roadblock when I started to go into one of the other areas and I got frustrated and I quit and I didn't want to look up where to go, because um, that's something that like. I've done before, and, like, I usually get really big spoilers for, like, other stuff that's going on in this the story of the game, and so I got frustrated, stopped, and I didn't come back to it until a little while ago, and this time I looked up a little, but what I looked up instead of, like, explicit, like, where to go was just, like, suggested routes for beginners, like, and what way to, which, do you want to go north, west, east, south, which one do you want to go to first? And I found out by luck, I had gone to the easiest route first, and then I went to the north route, which is the the east is like toads, like that's the enemy. They're ninja toads and some other things. And then to the north, it's birds, who are like magic or something. And there's like this weird combination of being so obtuse, like I quit the game for like a year and some, and then others where like I, once I spent my time in it and really got into it, I did like it. Like I generally 
beat an area in a day, not counting the boss. Like, I would get through the entire area in, like, an hour-ish, maybe less, um, and then you reach the boss. Um, most enemies are, like, one or somewhere between one and three hits to kill. Maybe there's, like, some, like, mid-bosses that are, like, five. And then the bosses are usually, like, I don't know how many, 30 or 40 hits to kill. And they're way harder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've talked before about how you do not enjoy boss battles. Mm-hmm. Um, this is true. And to an extent, that's how I sort of feel in that boss battles are not, for me, the focus of the game. But this one is very obviously like leading to it. Most of the enemies you go against before reaching them are not the most difficult. It is not like individual enemies that are problem. It's like just how many Usually in each area, there's one, like, big, almost coliseum-like area. It's not a coliseum, but, like, it's just a big open area. And your main moves are to dash. Uh, and So you can you have a sword, which is what you use a lot of the times, a gun, which starts out as a pistol, and then you get later ones. As you beat bosses, each of them has a different gun with them. So there's, like, a shotgun and a sniper rifle and things like that. Um all you need is the pistol and the shotgun. Those are the only ones I used, <laughs> except for the very end. But uh, it... Oh, wow, I just had a complete brain fart. Like, I have no idea what the I'm talking Coliseum about. The Colosseum boss fights. Oh, yeah. in each area, there's usually a big, like, 20-ish enemies in an area that, like, is probably the hardest place to beat before you finally go to the boss. Um, and... Yeah, like, it's pretty much that. There's four areas. Each is very similar. Like, they have their own styles and stuff. But overall, pretty basic. Like, go here, collect these things, beat the boss, go to the next area. Yeah. Um, So overall, like, if you talk about it in gameplay, it's not like... At least the premise and everything that's... Or, like, what you're doing is not amazing. But it's, like, cool. And I think, like, the style carries it really far. Like, I know you have not played it, but whenever I've shown it to you... Every time I walk into the office and you're playing it, I'm like, ooh, so pretty. <laughs> it's a very pretty game. Yeah. Like, the whole thing... I don't know I don't know how to describe the colors, because it's not neon. I would say it's... it's somewhere in between neon and, like, jewel-toned. Okay. Yeah. Closer to neon. Because... There are aspects that feel very cyberpunk, but it's not. It's more like cyber apocalypse. I was going to say, to me, it's not even, it's not cyberpunk. It's just like cyber pretty. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like the setting of the game is like this apocalyptic world where uh, something bad has happened. You don't know what, and you're figuring out sort of what's going on. Yeah. you keep having, like, your main character keeps having visions, you're sick, um, like, you cough up blood whenever you reach certain checkpoints. <laughs> like, you know you've reached the halfway point and the boss if you start, like, coughing up blood and see a dog, a shadow dog, like, walking away from you. Like, it's very strange. Cool. Yeah, and atmospheric. Are there cutscenes ever or no? Those are the closest thing to cut. Yes. So you do get cutscenes, like the visions you have. Okay. Um, usually after 
so you are coughing up blood as you get to the boss you beat the boss um a thing happens and then you have a vision and this is actually kind of a disappointing thing because that vision is interesting but it's the same vision every time that's disappointing. Yeah, That's you don't get something new or something added on. Is it on. literally just the same cutscene? Same cutscene every time. You're reaching towards a, a white, there's black stuff dragging you down, and you see like an explosion. Like, it. it's That's just, it's the same every time, and if there are differences, they're so small that I did not notice them. Uh... Like, I was even looking the third time I saw it. I was, like, looking in the corners of the screen. Like, is there something I'm not noticing? No. Like, it's just that. Cool cutscene, but it, like, happens the same every time. And in the end, nothing is really explained to you. Um, like, I've beaten the game. I don't really know what's going on. Um, it was fun to play, but, I like, I don't know. I, I don't know what's happened gotcha. <laughs> in this world or even what's happened to my main character. Um, and that's where things get a little weird for me, where I'm, like, not as, like, crazy about the game. Like, I still, like, really enjoy it. I might go back because when you beat it, you unlock, like, a boss rush mode mm. and other stuff, and that'd be fun. Um, but, Yeah. Um, I just wish I had any questions for you, but I really don't. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people have compared it to Zelda, and as someone who's only played one Zelda game, the most recent, mm -hmm. I don't know what to compare it to. Like, I know the basics is, like, going around a dungeon or something, exploring, fighting monsters, and then there's a boss, and you get an item. And, like, that happens, but I don't know. It doesn't feel quite the same to me i mean yeah it's it's not but mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know i'm sorry <laughs> i don't have anything to add yeah um so one thing like I, i'm not i don't know i don't have like the same aversion to bosses that you do but there is like a thing about them and one thing that was funny about this game was that almost to a t every single boss except for the first one i beat the first boss not my first try but my first like time playing again like in a single sit through i beat the boss every other one i had to i would like knock my head against them a lot like the hardest one i think think the one i spent the most time in besides the final boss who was the hardest was the north bird boss who like would create like areas that would like explode around you and then shoot you from a distance like it was very hard to use my normal style of getting mm -hmm. in close slashing them a couple times yeah, then blasting yeah. them with a shotgun so that's where i had to like kind of switch up what weapons i was using um and one thing i didn't realize until way too late as in like yesterday is that every final boss is just an amalgamation of all the monsters you've been fighting on your way there mm -hmm. so like on my way to the north boss, there are birds that fly at you. They just get they they zoom past you and they hurt you. Then there are two magician birds, one that like shoots a straight line at you and one that creates a square box underneath you that will explode. And then you get to the bird boss and that boss does all those things. And I, but I didn't realize it until I got to the end of the game that like, oh, they did it, the toad boss did it the gun boss did it and like that was a very interesting thing to kind of realize so i think that's like a cool thing that like 
beating the individual monsters kind of like sort of preps you for what the final boss is going to be like because they're just like a combination of it and obviously they have their stages like at either half health or a third health where things like kind of get switched up but like you have you generally get the idea of what's going to happen as you go closer to it so that was cool that is cool um i guess the only question i really have is like you say that there's no real like closure at the end Mm -hmm. but i there's closure but there's not like an explanation of that closure okay gotcha so is it like another cutscene that shows something but you don't really get it or does the game just sort of fade to black after the final there is a new cutscene. um like don't you know spoil as much as you want but i I could tell you everything that's happened and i would not be able to spoil this for you (laughs) (laughs) um it's not so impenetrable it's like when i saw the final cutscene, like some things like were kind of cleared up for me but yeah so like part of the obtuseness is that there's no text there there are like three main things you're collecting in the game really four i guess five i keep thinking of new things um so first thing is health packs that's just like an item that's around then there's money which i believe the community has now now calls bits so they're just like little gold pieces that you pick up sometimes from enemies sometimes from boxes that are just in the the world um and there's a finite amount of those the the heal packs like reload like if you come back to an area after Mm. a long time or something like that um but the money is finite there's only so much and those that money buys you upgrades so it gives you more ammo for your weapons or it turns your dash it lets you dash more times in a row or the better one, the one that I like, the one that I was super into was slashing lets you like deflect projectiles, basically like a lightsaber. Like you can shoot stuff back at people now. Um, and those are hidden throughout the world in a way that is annoying. It is not like it, there are sometimes interesting things like there's hidden walls and things like that. And there are clues to them, but they're very inconsistent. So, like, one of the first ones I found was that, like, oh, if there's, like, a square within a square on the ground and I go over it, I can press the interact button. Nothing will pop up for me as I stand over it, but I can press it and a a secret pathway has opened up and I can go down it and, Mm -hmm. oh, hey, here's, like, some money or some some secret. But that's the thing. Like, after a while, you realize, like, all these secrets are just the things you could get through the game, and I have enough. Like, when I beat the game, I had more money than I needed. Like, it was just, I had, there were all the, I bought all the upgrades I wanted. I bought one I didn't want, and I never used it, and, like, I was fine. Mm -hmm. And, like, with health packs, you can only carry so many, so you go into a secret area, and, like, it's a health pack. You don't need it, right. All right, and I leave. And then there's one last thing that you can get, which is keys, um, which are always on the body of someone who's died. You get a key, and this is different from Zelda and others, I think, I don't know, where there are doors throughout the world and you need a certain number of keys to get into them. Um, So once you find three keys, you can enter this door. Once you find 18 keys, you can get into this door. It's not like one key to each door. It's just how many of a thing you have in order to enter it. Gotcha. I did not enter any locked doors. Not one. 
um, like I got enough keys that I could enter some of them, but I felt no desire. <laughs> like, well, because I went through it in the order you're supposed to, and when you're in an area, like I go to the first area, there are doors with more keys than are in the area. So I need to come back to it. Mm. And I didn't. <laughs> and I go through the second area and there's more keys than I have. I also hadn't quite figured out all, all the different ways that you can like, see if there's a secret wall or a secret passageway through what looks like it's a wall yet. And I watched one video going through like how to find all this stuff. And I did it for one area and I got so bored. I didn't want to do it anymore. So I did. I collected keys and I could have gone into a place and I didn't. Instead, I went and beat the game. But do you know what was in those rooms? Was no. Was it just more... You have no idea. I have no idea what's in there. But what if the story was beyond... It's not. I looked it up. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Do you know what's bad? No. There? So I did look up... So, um, so the things you can collect. Health packs, money, keys. Uh, outfits... Um, you can get different outfits. I never change my outfit because I like the way I look. <laughs> there are different benefits. What what a good message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, it's just different color schemes and other things like that. But I like the way I looked. And I did find out later that different costumes do give you different bonuses. Like, make sure different types. So, like, if you're more focused on your gun than your sword, a different outfit's better than that. I did not care. I was doing fine. Um... And then, oh, guns, because whenever you beat a boss, there's a gun. And then sometimes there's a secret gun. I think I think behind some of those locked doors were guns. Um, and then the one thing that kind of intrigued me and then became the most annoying thing are these, like, obelisks or monoliths that you find. They are made of stone. You go near them and your little interact button pops up and you do it. And a little hologram comes out, and it looks like a dude who's typing on a computer. And all of a sudden, symbols appear on that. And these symbols mean nothing to you, because they're not in English or any language. And I moved on with my life. And I would find one, and I'd interact with it every time, and nothing happened. Besides the thing popping up. It turns out that is an alphabet. With no, I, I don't know how people figured it out, but people figured out the alphabet. It's basically just a one-to-one -one with certain letters. And it tells you, sort of, the story. If any of you have played Dark Souls... Okay, I was just going to talk about that. Hollow Knight, or really any Dark Souls-like game. A lot, of the, a lot of games these days have kind of followed that model of... You know you're playing a game, and you like are going through, and you want to beat the bosses and beat the game. That's like obviously where a lot of the focus in there is lore and story but it's not like there's not cutscenes of like and here's the different characters you chat with and right. you have all like, these you dialogue options that much about your own character mm -hmm. and also in keeping with it a lot of times you are showing up in a place after everything has gone to hell in dark souls like everybody is dead everyone's undead you are too um in hollow knight like everyone's infected yeah infected or has lost their sentience or whatever in hollow or in hyperlight drifter every area has obviously like crumbled like it, you're going through the the crumbling uh, sci-fi world but everything feels much more like um it feels very fantasy because like you're using a sword and you have a gun but like you have very limited ammo 
and um, each area has been taken over by like bad guys but the bad guys are not the bad thing that happened they're not the ones who like caused all the destruction um in the cutscene that you see every time you see like a what looks like either a bomb going off or like a laser shooting down into the city that you're at and i was not sure for the longest time until the very end if it was like a memory of what had happened or if it was like a vision of what is to come like if what i was doing was accidentally going to blow up everything and that's why these people were trying to stop me not the case it's what happened in the past um but a lot of times in these like the lore is given to you either in the item descriptions like you just get a thing and you hover over it and it will say the lost one went down into the dark space and forged this and you're like oh who's the lost one and maybe other things will reference the lost one and maybe you eventually meet them that is not really the case in this from what i can tell it's basically just short poetry kind of that tells you what happens but in a again kind of an obtuse way you don't know exactly what happens like there are theories about what has happened um but you don't really know um and then finally if you find all these obelisks you get a one big stone thing that has a really long thing that kind of tells you it in a more straightforward way. This is not a reward for me. <laughs> like, this is not something that, like, I'm super interested in. I'm not... I used to be a person who very much would, like, voraciously just go through lore for games. I know way more about World of Warcraft than I should, simply because I went through the, like, World of Warcraft wiki mm -hmm. back in the day because i had a friend who played i didn't play because my computer couldn't handle it and i couldn't spend 15 dollars a month what are you talking about <laughs> um like i've read through i use like when i was younger i would just like read through info about universes and worlds and i can't do that anymore and there's not even that much about this but like i cannot be motivated by war sure like that that is not even plot relevant it's just information about what has happened like finding out this stuff does not like there are no moral decisions for you to make in this like you are just beating a bad guy right and like or even like a kind of like a choice you have to make at the end like do i destroy the society or do i like rebuild it or things like no you just beat the game and i don't know like it just sort of felt hollow overall like i i kind of like started doing it i kind of started going towards it and then i just like realized i just did not care <laughs> so i stopped and i went and i again i keep saying i just beat the game like it, it was hard like the final boss like took a while um and was incredibly satisfying to beat um like every one of these like to me i think that most of not quite all there were like one or two bosses that were kind of like disappointing um they were more like mini bosses but they, they were like halfway between mini bosses and bosses um whenever like it, i think the boss battles were built very well in that or at least they were about perfect for me where i was like knocking my head against them took a break come back could feel like i was 
make, but even when I was knocking my head against it, I could feel like I was making progress. Every once in a while, yeah, I would have to like, I've been at this for like half an hour or so. I gotta, I'm not getting anywhere with this. I'm just mm-hmm. getting mad. Um, but especially with the final boss, each time I could feel myself like, I closer. am getting closer. I'm figuring this out. And that was just like super satisfying for me. That sounds so nice. I almost never feel that way about a boss. (laughs) I mean, like, obviously I get better and better in some way, but mostly then it's just like, oh my God, it's over. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. And that would happen sometimes too. I will say one other annoying thing, and this is just like a quality of life thing when playing a game. Whenever you die, so like when you're fighting the boss, you see their health bar at the bottom. When you die, usually there's like a little death animation, obviously, but the health bar goes away when you die. So you get stabbed and I had to like be instantly look at the health to see how far I got. And I would miss it. Like even like once I got oh, used to that wow. half the time. So I was like, not sure how close I was. Gotcha. Um, and obviously during the fight, you're not like glancing down much because there's a lot of moving pieces. Mm-hmm. You're like, I got to get stay out of the way. I got to heal. I got to do all these things. And that was just very annoying where like, I could, like, the only way I could tell was, like, what stage I was in. But, like, when you are dying in the final stage five times, I want to know how close I was that time. Whether it frustrates me or if it makes me, like, pushes me to, like, finish it, like, that's very frustrating. That makes total sense. I like also knowing, like, how close you are. Right. Like, Lord, let me Honestly, that might be a reason that. You're very into Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. and that might be a reason I'm not. Seeing health bars is very helpful for me. Like, yeah, there aren't any at all. I got as far as the first Hornet fight in the game, and that was the same way where I could tell, I could, I could feel that I was getting farther eventually and beat her eventually, but I like in the middle of it, it just feels like. I'm just doing the same thing over and over and over again, and eventually she will die. Like, I like being able to gauge how much that is, which is part of why this game, like, kind of in, like is slowly getting me to think, I think I'm going to go back to Dark Souls sometime, because that is one of my big games that, like, I played for a little bit, mm-hmm. not hit my head against a boss, Cap or Demon, um, and I'd really, really like to go back into it, because... I know it's a good game because I've enjoyed playing it, but I just, like, got stuck, and I should go back to it sometime. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Got anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful game. <laughs> it, it really <laughs> is. Like, I will definitely be putting pictures. I was, like, constantly, like, hitting the... the uh, Print screen button or yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, the Steam, Steam lets you, like, has a button oh, itself gotcha. for screenshots. Cool. But, yeah, like, every once in a while, I just, like, oh, my gosh. There's, like... So, one of the things about the story that is not, like, super explained is that there are just these bodies of giant robot titans scattered throughout. And, like, you'll walk up and you'll see one in the distance. Like, it's, it like, died alongside a mountain. Or you're walking and you realize, oh, I'm inside the, inside the rib cage of one. And it's just, like cool every time even like the ones i had seen before i would like kind of pause for them it's like that's badass <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that's yeah. cool well i'm glad you finally finished it yeah no it was great 
it's not a long game. Like, yeah, no, it didn't sound like it. Seven hours, maybe more. I can't remember. Yeah, like not too bad. Just, yeah, sit down, play like an hour at a time. It was great. Cool. Yeah. What are you doing next time? Next time, I'm gonna be reading uh, the book "Eats, Shoots, and Leaves." Oh my gosh, this is going to be a fabulous conversation. It's a book about grammar and writing, <laughs> and I'm. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's going to be so fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well. Until then. Um. We'd like to say a big thank you to Velt Punch as always for letting us use their song "Fighting Pose" from the album "His Strange Fighting Pose." Um. You can always find us on Twitter at Sundoku Pod. There's a link in the description. Um. And if you'd like to leave us a review. You are always welcome to do so wherever you listen to the pod. Five stars are nothing, baby. <laughs> Literally, we'd rather give you nothing, give us nothing yeah. than three stars. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.